We know what tomorrow is all about, or at least we have a certain expectation of what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, for now, by now, you've probably seen and heard fireworks. Uh, our neighborhood is so patriotic, they start celebrating around June 4th instead of July 4th, um, just shooting off fireworks all hours of the night. And I know I'm getting a little bit old and curmudgeon but <laughs> it, is, it is that time of year. It is that season we can hear, we can see um, the, the feeling and the spirit of independence all around us. Some of you will be at the Tandy's uh, celebration this evening uh, for that, and it's about celebrating the beginning of the country. And so we know what to expect. Maybe you have your own family traditions around July 4th, um, and that's what to expect. But sometimes I wonder if we remember why we do what we do. If you went around your neighborhood and asked those kids that are setting off M80s at 2 a.m., why? Why are you doing that? Why? Uh, my guess is they would not uh, take on a Patrick Henry mode of thinking. In celebration, sometimes it's easy to forget why we're celebrating. July 4th, 1776 began in the history of the country with a, a declaration, and it reads as follows. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We don't talk like that anymore. We don't write like that anymore. If you want to understand what, what's being written there, I'll just paraphrase it by saying uh, the signers of this declaration are saying, we're breaking up. And here's why. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the why behind the what. And you and I know that it's easy to get caught up in the what and sometimes forget the why. And to remember what July 4th meant to those original signers. That the, that the ideals of our nation, that all men are created equal. Life, liberty pursuit of happiness, those, those, are, those are fundamental core values, and they have shaped and reshaped our national 
our nation and our national discussion. And they continue to do so to this very day. All throughout American history, those fundamental ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that those were unalienable rights, that they were given not from governments, but rather by God. Those are, those are powerful words. The danger is, of course, that in, in the history of any nation, that they can always stray away from their foundations. They forget the why behind the what. And instead of selling in, in, celebrating Independence Day, they celebrate July 4th. And they forget the why behind the what. Today, we're not going to talk about our national freedom But I want to use that idea to help point us toward a greater freedom, which is that in Christ, and what it means to truly live free. So we're going to talk about living free this morning, and I hope that you open your Bibles as we do so. First of all, living free, you you can't have the discussion. A, A person cannot be free without this first point, and that is by submitting to Christ. Living free starts by submitting to Christ. In fact, I will say that I don't think it's possible to have true freedom outside of Jesus Christ. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 36. John is uh, recording the narrative of Jesus' life. He tells the encounter of Jesus and a woman caught in adultery, and she's guilty, and Jesus sets her free and says, go now and leave your life of sin. And then he proclaims to be the light of the world. And in talking about that, he talks then to this subject of freedom. And again, we're talking about more than national freedom, we're talking about spiritual freedom, which is much deeper, of course. This is on page 1,148. If you don't have a Bible, the Pew Bible, that page number will get you there. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. Now, Jesus was talking to a people that had been in slavery. They had experienced slavery, not in that time, but in the history of their people. And perhaps the use of the word slavery evoked images and feelings in their minds of stories that they had been told of what it was like to be enslaved to another country, to another king in another time. See, those who are free don't often appreciate the value of freedom. It's easy to forget how important it is. But Jesus says freedom starts with the Son. It's impossible. Now, in a country where we talk about freedom and we proclaim to be a free people, on a spiritual level, there are many who are slaves to sin. And, and how do we come out of that kind of slavery? If you've ever been enslaved to a sin and been stuck in a sin and struggle with just going back 
to it again and again and again, and you, you have this feeling of just, what is it? What's broken within me? What, why is it that I can't quit this? Why can't, that I, why can't I stop? Why can't I just be free of this? And the answer is because you're trying to do it yourself. See, you're not enough. You need Christ Jesus to be truly free. That's the only way I know. That's the only, if you are in a slave, in as a slave to sin, the only way to be set free is by the Son. It's the only way. And so, if you want to be free from sin, you need the Son. Now, now there's a catch to it. There's a, there's a cost to freedom, nationally as well as spiritually. Spiritually, it is this. If you are set free by the Son, then you become slaves to God. The, the difference in your freedom is that you can no longer live for yourself. You've been freed from that, but now you've been made slave to God. Turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 22. Romans 6, the chapter that will tell you how to become a Christian. And in that chapter, Paul talks at great length, writes at great length about this discussion of slavery and freedom. And he writes this. This is page 1,209 if you're following along in the Pew Bible. For when you are slaves of sin, you are free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. What he's saying there is it's impossible to escape sin by working your own, by, by, by doing your own plan. You can't be freed from sin by yourself. He says the end result of all of that is death. But verse 22, he says this, But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get, which is the fruit of the Spirit, leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life into Christ, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you want to be free, and I mean truly free, not just nationally free, but personally free from the sin that you are not just struggling with, not just stumbling into, but the sin that you are enslaved in, you want to be free from that? You need a Savior. He's the only way. He's the only way any man or woman can be truly free. He's key. So it starts with submitting to Christ. Now, and don't forget, in being submissive to Christ, we become his slave. We become his servant. We become bound and yoked to him for his purposes and to his righteousness. Number two, living free then continues by serving one another. The freedom of Christ leads us out of sin and selfishness into serving others. The other way to say this is, in Christ, you are not just freed from something, you're freed to something. It's not just enough to say, I'm free, I'm free. The question then is, how will you use your freedom? Will you use it on yourself? Will you use it for what you want, or will you use it for the purposes of God? 
Don't forget, you've been not just freed from sin, but you've been freed to serve. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, Paul is writing a letter to a group of Christians who had been freed, as all Christians have. And the funny thing is this, they wanted to go back into slavery. They were, they were playing footsie with the old law. They were saying, you know, they were kind of listening to these people saying, yeah, yeah, Christ is good, but you need to do this, this, and this. You got to follow the commands. You got to keep the commands perfectly. And so it became Christ plus. And Paul gets word of this and he, he writes to the church of Galatia and he says, what are you doing? You were set free. From the legal demands of the law. You were set free. You see, the problem with the law of the Old Testament is not that it's bad. No, it's perfect. The problem with the law is that no one can keep it perfectly. And that the, that the result of not keeping it perfectly is not just, oh, you've been bad or, oh, that's terrible. No, the, the wages of sin, according to Romans 6, is death. It's this perfect law that says, here's God's standard of what's good. Here's God's standards of what's righteous. Okay. And what if I can't keep all that? Death. And the Galatian Christians wanted to go back to that. They they, they wanted to begin stacking their works up real high. They, They wanted to begin keeping the list. They wanted to begin judging people who didn't keep the list. And Paul says this in Galatians 5.13. You are called to freedom, brothers. Verse 1 of chapter 5, he writes, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Sometimes I have a hard time with preaching around this time of year. Because if I could be quite honest, I, I don't know if our country is going to make it. I don't know if we want to be free badly enough. I don't know if we have a generation coming up that understands what freedom means. I don't know if we have enough people that can say, when a politician says, Here's, uh, you, you can have all of this, you can have all of this, and I'll give you all these benefits if you just give me a little bit more of your freedom. I don't know if we have enough people who say no. I don't know if we have enough people who say no, we're, we're not going to take that. We want to be free. Well, that's a, that's a national thing, okay? But, you know, sometimes the same is true spiritually. Paul calls us to be free. Paul calls us to be free. You have been set free. But I watch Christians play footsie with sin. I watch Christians try to try to walk both sides in their life. You were called to be free. God doesn't want you to go back into slavery. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. So you got to decide. 
To be set free starts with Christ. To remain free means you have to use your freedom in the right way, not to serve yourself, but to serve him and to serve one another. The Apostle Peter put it like this. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. Paul, or Peter writes, rather, live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. We are called to live as free people. God wants us to be free, but here's the thing. We got to want that too. We got to want that too. You've been set free in Christ. So use your freedom, not for yourself, but to serve one another in love, to become a servant of the living God. And finally, living free means resolving to stay free. The verse, I'll, I'll read it again from Galatians 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Sometimes I wonder if the 56 men who signed this Declaration of Independence, if they returned today, what would they say of our citizenry? What would their judgment be upon us? Now, that's a, that's an, a worldly example, of course. But sometimes I wonder if the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, would come again to the church today. What would their judgment be upon us? Are we resolving to stay free? Are we refusing to submit again to a yoke of slavery? You see, freedom is never permanent. You have to resolve to, to remain free. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And we, we understand that on a national level, but I think the same is true spiritually. If you, you look in the pages of Scripture and, and look at the history of Israel, and God wanted them free, but they, they kept sliding back into slavery. God wanted them free, but... God couldn't get them out of that slavery mindset. God wanted them to be free, but they didn't want to be free. We have to want freedom. We have to be vigilant about keeping our freedom, whether it's nationally or spiritually. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Be free. Live free, serve as free people, and resolve to stay free. I'll ask you, do you want to be free? Now, I already told you at the beginning, there, there's only one person that can free you from your sin. There's only one person who can truly free you from bondage and set you free and give you life, and that is Christ Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you're ashamed or you're struggling in sin and 
and you are not set free, then my answer to you is that you need a Savior. You need Christ Jesus. You need the Son to set you free. For if the Son sets you free, then you'll be free indeed. And if you're in Christ, you've sort of been walking both sides, been playing footsie with the devil, (laughs) maybe you need to resolve to be free. Maybe you need the prayers of our shepherds. Maybe you need the prayers of this congregation. If you have a need spiritually uh, in some way that we can help you in a public way, we're going to sing a song. Charles is going to lead us in that song. During that song, if you can head to the back, talk with one of our shepherds. They can help you be, be immersed into Christ so that you can be set free, or they can help you and pray with you and encourage you to resolve to stay free in Christ. Whatever your need might be this morning, if you have a need of this congregation or of our shepherds, please head to the back at this time. Let's stand and sing.